0: Okay, cool. It's official. We're here. I want to start off with a quote today. Um, It's by Phoebe Aldrey. She's an interior designer based out of the UK. And she says, We can't alter our lifestyle to suit our environment. It's unsustainable. We need to embrace our lifestyle in our interiors. And um, today's topic of conversation, for the most part, is interior design. Because the person I have sitting across from me is an interior design student who's going into her third year my name is Lauren Chan. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. You feel comfortable?
1: Yeah, all good. Sweet. All good.
0: All right. I want to get right into this because sure. I love interior design. I actually wanted to be an interior designer, figured out I don't really have the talent for it. <laughs> so that was a bit of a humbling moment for me. But uh, here I am talking to you about something that I really love. I love interior design. And uh, taking, taking into account you as a person your experiences and you know things that you've been through. Why did you choose interior design as your specialization or your art form, basically?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely want to start off by saying I'm gonna speak from the eye and my experiences. Um, so when I was young, I originally wanted to be in architecture. And then I thought, you know what, that's a little bit too much math, a little bit too much science for me. So um, I spoke to my dad and was like, hey, dad, do you know anything else, you know, that might be good for me? Um, And he actually told me that he had applied to this program um, at what we now refer to as X University um, when he was our age, uh, after he finished his first degree. And he got in. And that was back in the day when you had to bring your entire portfolio in. And my dad was bringing in, like, a cinder block and, like, this six-foot tube with a whole bunch of wax stuff, but... Um, like with
0: the big T-square and all the oh, art yeah. kit and everything? Yeah. yeah.
1: The briefcase, the portfolio, the huge thing. He had it all, and uh, he ended up getting in, but unfortunately couldn't pursue it just because he was offered a full-time job then. Um, so he's kind of living vicariously through me, always asking, you know, Lauren, what are you up to? That type of thing, so it's really awesome that... Um, I have uh, my dad, who is super interested in the program, and he's also has such a creative mind, so I can always go to him if I need help or need a little push. Um, so when my dad told me about this program, I never looked back at architecture. I said, you know, bye, <laughs> and I'm going to interior design. And yeah, I've been in the program. I finished two years. I'm going into my third, and I absolutely love it. And I, I feel like so blessed to have found what I want to do for the rest of my life. So, yeah.
0: And how has it been so far? Have you, have you been, like, what's the course like? Has it, how has it helped you enhance your skill?
1: Yeah. So in high school, I discovered that I really like being tactile and working with my hands through a custom woodworking course. And so I think that's what I love about the program here at School of Interior Design. You know, we have our own workshop with a whole bunch of tools, bandsaws, like all hand tools, stuff like that. Sanders, like it's really awesome. Um, and it's a really hands-on program. It's not the conventional sit in a lecture all the time. We have our w- workshop, like I said, we have a studio and our assigned desks. And it's really nice because... Being with other students makes you work better. You know, you have each other to build off of and have the conversations with and bounce ideas off of. And it's such a it's a really great experience to be working alongside peers that have the same assignments and um, different processes of thinking. So I really yeah, you can
0: it. pick up on their styles and like how they draw an inspiration from a certain thing and you can try and apply it to yours own as well. Yeah, for sure so, exactly. Yeah, that's a good setup for an interior design, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your creative process like? Like for example, in film for me, right mm-hmm. I have to let's say I start off with an idea, I write a script first and then I workshop the script and then you know I see like who can be a good fit for it and then there's pre-production and then there's post-production, and then in between that, there's the actual filming of the thing. Right. So that's the trajectory that I take to film, make a film. Mm -hmm. So what's the start point and what's the end point Mm -hmm. in an interior design project?
1: Yeah, I think it's, maybe it's not the answer you want, but it's interesting because it's never a straight line, and it's different for everyone. Me, I'm like here and here, and like up, down, right, left, you know, under your feet or anything like, it's not a straight line, and I don't, that's what I love about it. It's super unpredictable, the program or what you're gonna come across, or even when you're walking down the street. Like one of my assignments, I used a brick that I found on the side of the road, used a um, uh, an angle grinder with a masonry blade, cut it up, and I used it as one of my one of my submissions for a project of mine, and it's just like I. I walked past it on the sidewalk and it just so happened to fit my brief exactly. And yeah, it was one of my favorite things I did.
0: That's interesting to know that, you know, there isn't this sort of structure that you're uh, uh, imposed to. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like, like, again, drawing from my own experience, the film is very structured, right? Yeah. But it's interesting to know that this is a free flow process Mm -hmm. and you can just... You just do as it comes, Oh, correct? totally. Yeah, yes.
1: totally. Yeah. That's a great way to put it.
0: Now, you know, like you said, when you're in your studio in your school and you're bouncing off of each other's energies and picking up little advice or whatever mm-hmm. from your friends, but I would imagine even, even though, you know, the focus is put on the interior designer, like the designer at the end of the day, and it's one person... I imagine it to be some sort, there's some sort of a teamwork right. involved, right? Mm-hmm. So how is how important is teamwork in interior design? And how what's the arrangement, basically?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think interior design, you never work alone, right? Even in the actual industry, it's always firms and it's multiple people. It's never just one person. And at the program, at the School of Interior Design, they kind of structure it that way, where we have a lot of... Of team assignments or group work and it's really helpful because you know you're not always going to agree with someone but you have to make it work because that's life and that is our industry working with other people working in a group and i think it's so important to have that skill you know not a lot of people can um be a leader or not a lot of people can be someone that sits back and lets somebody else lead. But it's definitely a skill that you have to develop. And I love working with other people and getting their perspective, uh, learning from them. And I just, yeah, I think it's so important in the industry. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, that's something you have to learn, uh, even if it's the hard way, you know, even if it's something that you're not so comfortable with is. Hate to break it to you, but you gotta because yeah. No,
0: for sure, because teamwork is like an inevitable part of pretty much anything that you want to do. It does it's it's teamwork. <laughs> even if it's a customer service job, you know, you're still part of the team at the end yeah. of the day. So So, um, yeah, teamwork is an essential skill. It's not even something that you just put in. It's a skill that, like you said, it, it is about, a skill that you have to learn, and there's no choice. There's no yeah, choice, for sure. Right. Like let's say you're leading a project right like let's say you have a vision and how would you go and pitch it to someone else let's say how would you delegate tasks and how would you take control of it like what's your leadership um approach to an interior design project
1: i don't know i guess i guess in school you know we're assigned a team and it's it's a collaborative effort it's not one above the other Mm -hmm. and i like that i even though i do like being a leader Um, I kind of like being even better with everyone. And so that means um, all ideas are valid. All ideas are important or welcome. And, you know, they're all evenly taken into consideration. And so no one is above anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I like that way of working better than um, being higher up than someone else for lack of better words i don't like a hierarchy in in group assignments Mm -hmm.
0: you know what i'm getting from this is because you know i'm i'm like coming from a film background right right? the director you know like you said there's a high you don't like to have a hierarchy exactly in my art form there is a hierarchy right right so my thinking is that there's a hierarchy in like interior design as well but it's it's kind of enlightening to know that there's not Mm -hmm. right it's it's, again, very similar to how you said before. There's no structure. It's just kind of a free flow process. Right. And that's very much reflective in the team as well. That yeah. It's very free flow. You don't just kind of bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. So it's it's new. It's I'm learning some new things over here. Good, uh, good.
1: And that I feel like I just want to mention, it's not to say that it always is like that in the real world, but we have the luxury of being in school. And while we're studying it, it's like that. And I, I love that process so
0: that is brilliant i think i would really enjoy that to be honest with you being in that environment and ever everyone's equal there's no there's no one person leading the vision it's it's just about the project at the end of the day right
1: exactly so yeah wow
0: coming to you as an artist like where do you draw your inspiration from what inspires you
1: um that's difficult for me
0: like difficult in what sense
1: Difficult that I don't necessarily know, or I don't I don't necessarily have a ton of freedom being in school. You know, I'm given a whole bunch of assignments, and I first need to make sure that I stick to the brief or the outline. Um, but when we are given, you know, leniency in our assignments, I kind of draw from my values and so I can speak to uh, a project that I just did uh, second semester second year so the most recent term Um, we had to design a place to stay and so we were given an existing site which is the Annex Hotel Um, and you know a lot of people wanted to do another boutique hotel and I was like you know the assignment's a place to stay I'm gonna do a homeless youth shelter. So I think I draw from what I, I believe in or, or something that I think is important. You know, I'd rather design uh, a homeless youth shelter than another boutique hotel in Toronto. And I think, yeah, so hopefully that answers the question.
0: That definitely answers the question. Um, and this is a good leeway into what I wanna discuss next. Cool And this is something we were talking about off air as well. Yeah, is how empathy is very important. right when it comes to interior design. Now, what a lot of people might not realize is that interior design is a game of empathy. It's one of those art forms that requires the creator or the artist to be a true empath because at the end of the day, they're creating a space in which people are going to be living in or inhabiting. So and which is a big deal, right? Because our environment is everything. I mm. can't remember where I read this statistic but we spend 87% of our lives in our buildings. Mm-hmm. And um that's a staggering number and that should show the importance of how important our interiors and our environment is. Right. So when we're giving that responsibility to a designer, you know, it it helps if they're empathetic of other mm-hmm. people, have pe- put people first and think about how their decisions are um I'm kind of answering a question here. I think I should, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to hear from you. Right. How, how important is empathy when it comes to interior design?
1: Yeah, I think it's huge, honestly. And like we were talking about before, you very rarely design for yourself or repeatedly design for yourself. You know, you're, as an interior designer, you have clients and, you know, I think it's super important to be able to understand your client, how they live, how they move through a space because if you don't and you just design something that you want, it won't work for them. So, and every client isn't the same. Every person isn't the same, so you have to really take the time, research, and I think that's what will make your design or your creation effective. And that's a big, big part of interior design is understanding who you're designing for and what life they live or it's not just about residential you know commercial like all these things um, you have to take into account Um, even hospitals like if you're doing a hospital you have to know the logistics of a hospital and and how they work um, same thing for apartment buildings or anything. You have to do your research. Otherwise, it won't be effective and it won't work.
0: You have to put yourself in the shoes of the people who will be inhabiting that space.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because um, a lot of people I tell that I'm in the program when they ask me, oh, what do you study? Uh, what's your program? I say into your design and just their face lights up and it's like oh my god that's so amazing i'm like yeah i love it like i'm so blessed that i found what i want to do for the rest of my life
0: yeah i mean interior design it's like it's you know like i said it's fashionable yeah it's uh modern when you think of interior design no one really thinks of a regular regularly designed room they think of immediately like some fancy colors vibrance yeah so For
1: sure. And the thing is that it's, it's always changing. You know, we have our, our history and we have all the movements that we've been through. But in the future, it's going to be the same thing.
0: All right. This segment I'm really excited for because this is where your uh, feature comes in. Mm. So for those who don't know, Lauren's, one of Lauren's works got featured in D-Zine. Is that how you say it? That is. All right. That's how I say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so DZine, D-Zine yeah. magazine, right? Which is a which is a big deal. You guys should look up uh, the name and you should see the caliber at which they operate. Mm-hmm. So, firstly, how did that opportunity come about?
1: Yeah, um, something at the School of Interior Design is we have a year-end show, or the acronym YES. And I guess this year they took it upon themselves to collaborate with d Magazine, and they got this awesome opportunity for our school where they kind of released five categories at which students of the School of Interior Design could submit their work to. Some were, like, illusionary or sustainability. Um, some were also accessibility and um, all that type of stuff. It's funny because I had this this model already made before this uh, competition was even released. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's kind of where my process of post-rationale comes in. So it was like, how can I um, gear what I've already made to that sustainable category? So wood has a really high our value which is insulation and so that's why it's another aspect of sustainability and that's why that's what i had in my my concept statement um i think you have it there
0: yeah i have it right here i can even read it out
1: yeah um
0: but although uh, i would suggest anyone listening to go check out the actual image of this it's beautiful it's called would you touch i'll link it somewhere that you can see it either on the socials of uh, new light network or Somewhere, you guys will find it. Uh, But yeah, using wood shavings, a byproduct that is often discarded. Uh, She wanted to create a model that highlighted what is commonly considered waste, as well as use it to provide multiple functions. The first and most apparent purpose is a sensory experience, which is very clear from the texture that it provides. Uh, Be it touch, sight, or even smell, the unique texture of the wood shavings creates intrigue and invites interaction another function the wood shavings provide is a natural form of insulation like you said the r value right and um the renewable resource offers many benefits for us for wherever it's used and uh i really like what you said at the end is that you have to rethink what we throw away and what we think is garbage right. because it might not be at the end of the day
1: right yeah and i i just want to speak about so when we were given the assignment. uh we were tasked with creating a model that evoked a sense. So sight, smell, taste, touch, sound, like hearing. Um, and so the one I really was intrigued by was touch. And so that's obviously creating texture with your models. And how do I evoke, evoke that sense of when somebody sees it, they want to touch it. They want to feel it. Um and so that's why I created this this model with wood shavings because it's a super interesting texture um, and it really worked with the category because um, to create wood shavings when I did it in high school like I said I did a custom woodworking course um, and I was I was making a paddle and so to create this paddle out of a, a block of wood you have to shave away from the wood. And it would create these shavings that are so beautiful and every single one of them is unique and they would just be discarded. So I thought I want to actually use that product, that byproduct that is often discarded and put it into a model that would evoke a sense of touch in someone that would make somebody want to touch it. And so it's interesting because this model actually wasn't selected by my professor to be a final model to use um, and submit as my final project, um, but it was featured on DZine. And so that's something really interesting to me, and I guess that just kind of reiterates that design is subjective. It's, it's super personal, and somebody can hate this, but It'll be loved by another person. And not saying that my professor hated my model. (laughs) She just preferred one over the other. But um, it's really interesting to me because this wasn't selected. Um, But, you know, it's now sitting in my dad's work office. All his colleagues come in. it's like, oh, touch it. And he's like, yeah, my daughter did it. Um, But
0: Little proud moment there.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: But, you know, looking at this uh, project, you know, what we throw away and consider you know rethinking that and like you said how you wanted to um you know instead of designing a boutique hotel you wanted to do a homeless youth shelter and speaks a lot to me about your values like you said and what you draw inspiration from and I think it's very admirable that you're thinking outside of what's you know classy or like whatever not not classy I don't say that but what's mainstream right and you're trying to rethink it and you're trying to innovate and i think that's one of the key aspects of design is innovation it's problem solving Mm. right you shouldn't do something if it doesn't like solve any problem like that's not innovation that's just being extra (laughs) right yeah so innovation and you're actually solving problems so i think this is this is a great piece i'm a fan of this piece i I love the play on the words would you touch Mm -hmm. and um yeah it if I was in this space, um, I would. <laughs> I would, and um, cool. yeah, it, it like brings out the child in you. It's like you, you're just intrigued, right? For like, sure. There's these like nice semicircular arches, and and yeah, it's a great piece.
1: It's funny because I was in the workshop using this tool um, to create the wood shavings, and I was putting together my model and really carefully, delicately gluing these pieces in an arch and somebody else actually, one, another student had asked me to help them create the same thing for her. And so I showed them how to use the tool. I showed them how to create the shavings, which is not super difficult, but you know, if you don't use a tool before, so she picked it up really easily. And, um, she was actually able to include the same wood shavings in one of her models. And, I don't know, a lot of people, a lot of people think that our program is super competitive, which it is, but my kind of point of view is we, we've made it, we've made it into the program, so why not help each other get through it, right? A lot of people are like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to share my ideas, I'm going to let you do your own thing, I'm going to do my own thing, Like I'm going to hide my work, and I'm like, why? You know, you you learn from each other, and that's the world that we're going into. Like, if you don't want to do it, this is not the industry for you. Like, if you don't want to share and and be a part of something where you collaborate, sorry, this isn't the place to be.
0: No, I agree with you. It's You will always have that fair share of people who are very you know protective of their ideas and mm-hmm. you know it's like oh man i hope they don't copy it you right. know there's some people i know who are fearful of that mm-hmm. and i see that a lot in my program as well right and um but you know the best thing you can do is avoid them <laughs> 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 right you can avoid them and you can filter out that uh, population of mm-hmm. whatever program and you're right it is it's competitive to get in yeah i'm sure You said 100 people get in, right?
1: Yeah, it's, I think my year was 104 to be exact.
0: Wow. And I'm sure that, you know, at least 1,000 or 2,000 people apply. Yeah. So that's a very, very low Mm -hmm. acceptance rate. Same with film. 1,500 people so apply, 90 people get in. Right. And, um, but yeah, you're right. You need to share ideas and, you know, when your intention is clear, when your intention is pure, Mm -hmm. and it's about just making the world better, Uh, you're more likely to be that person who will be like, "Hey, come look at this idea. What do you think about this?" For sure. Uh, do you? How do you think we can develop on it? Hey, do you want to work together? Rather than like, "Oh no, no, no! no. Don't see my idea." It's like, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, if don't be scared of it is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Your mind, if it's creative, will always come up with new new ideas. Yeah. So it's better to share than to withhold. Withhold yeah. exactly. For
1: sure, I totally agree with that. Yeah.
0: Now, um, you said it. In this model, serves multiple functions. Right. In your concept statement, uh, what are those functions? And if I were to see this space in like real life, mm-hmm. where would I see it?
1: I would think that this model would be more um, installation or walkway. I could even see it being like a, something in a wedding. You know, people walk down the aisle, and it's like this really beautiful. Arch that's super texturized and you know has that nice wood smell if you like the smell of wood um but that's where I would picture it it's not necessarily in a space it could be an installation in a space um
0: that's also the beauty of it is that it can go anywhere right 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 uh yeah yeah I see it now I see it now yeah, But I was just wondering if you had, like, when you designed it, if you had a clear intention of where it mm-hmm. went. But it's good that the ambiguity and the abstract uh, right. thinking behind it. Cool.
1: I um, I submitted my model. We had to submit one photograph and a concept statement. And I just submitted it on a whim, you know, not knowing if I would get it just because there's other um, so many other talented students at the school. Um, but when I got that email saying that my uh, work was chosen, I just, I was like freaking out, like crying and called my mom, called my dad. Um, and they were so proud of me. My mom posted about it on Facebook and everything. And it was really awesome. And that night I just like went in the washroom and just bawled my eyes out. Seriously, I did. And I don't know, it just felt so good to be, I guess, uh, recognized, for something and like I said before it wasn't a fan favorite of from my prof but uh, like I said design is so subjective and personal and you know I guess somebody liked it enough to put it in their features so that was really awesome
0: I think that's a success story at the end of the day <laughs> and the tears are definitely an ode to all your commitment mm-hmm. and you following through it perseverance I would say so right. yeah like you said design is subjective and your intention is what matters at the end of the day as an artist Mm -hmm. everyone can try and impose but no one's working with as much information as you are in your brain when it comes to that specific idea that you want to put out there in the world so um if you believed in it uh enough if you believe it enough it will show and it has that's a great example uh that i would take away from your piece so uh well done on that really that's this is a really good piece when i first saw it i knew i knew i had to have you on the podcast when i first saw this i think i told you that right right yeah Uh, when i messaged you (laughs) is that this is how i got to know about you right so um Yeah.
1: yeah i appreciate that thank you
0: is there any other project that you're proud of and would like to talk about um or something that you hope to achieve like a future project or something either
1: yeah actually now that you say it um for one of my classes i was tasked with creating a light object that was um, an iterative creation based off an existing light object. So we were given a precedent study um, and we had to create something that could have been made as a result of it, like in a second iteration of the light object. And so I was tasked, uh, or I was sorry, I was given light object um, Sky Garden by Marcel Wanders and it was a pendant light and inside was this embossed floral design and he created it because uh, where he was living at the time he had an embossed floral ceiling um, with all that beautiful designs in it Um, but he was moving so he couldn't take that ceiling with him obviously Um, so he created this pendant light with a floral embossed design inside of it so that he could take his sky garden with him. So I really loved that precedent. And what I did with it was I created a, a table lamp that had a floral design as well in it. I actually used acrylic, a quarter inch acrylic, and I got it laser cut at um, one of the facilities on campus and um, i created an illustrator file and sent it in and um, got uh, the floral designs laser cut out of the acrylic and so that when there was a light underneath it it would actually produce the um the floral designs onto your surrounding walls ceiling and so you could actually pick up this table lamp it was only um, six inches all around. Um, and so you would bring actually that garden with you everywhere. So a pendant light, Marcel Wander's design, it's stationary. You can't, you know, once you put a pendant light in, it stays there, but my table lamp, you could carry it with you and the floral design would be, uh, projected onto your surrounding walls.
0: Oh, that is, that is a good one.
1: I really loved it. Yeah. I really loved working on that. I can show you
0: it's like a portable garden basically
1: exactly and especially in being in Toronto you don't see much greenery um, so it was kind of like bringing your garden indoor and I really love doing that project and
0: this leads me on to my next uh, topic of uh, discussion is very similar to what you know the garden lamp Right. Is, can I call it a garden lamp?
1: Yeah, I called it... It was entitled um, A Box of Garden. A
0: Box of Garden. Yeah. All right. know I, I will respect what the artist calls it. So, A Box of Garden. All right. right. Um, very similar, uh, evoking like the same feelings is what... You've, you've left your own little touch in this building right. that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the name of the Zen Room. Right. I was actually there uh, about 20 minutes before we started this podcast. I was just listening to some John Mayer
1: getting your zen on getting
0: my zen on and just relaxing <laughs> taking my time thinking about the questions i wanted to ask you and success yeah you know, i felt zen Good. Um, so Good. firstly how did that idea come about mm-hmm. and um yeah, like how did you work on it
1: yeah so i actually was living with um, someone who was first year in interior design when i was second year in interior design and living in home on jarvis and, you know, we both saw the poster, like, oh, calling all students, like, we want you to create our Zen room. Um, and I just went up to her and was like, bro, you want to do this? And she's like, yeah, I want to do this. So we got to thinking and um, thinking what Zen was like to us. And we added all these these swing chairs and you could just, like, rock back and forth. Like, who doesn't like rocking back and forth in a chair? Um all these calm greens. And this we found this really cool wallpaper that was super earthy. Um, and something that uh, I really wanted to do was a mural. Um, and we actually would burn that mural. Um, and it kind of looks like a forest because we did trees and, and it was really awesome to do. Um, it was a really fun experience.
0: So yeah, if you're, if you're in the building, Check that room out. It's on the 14th floor, am I right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, you you have to get you have to go in there, sit and like just take it all in. Mm-hmm. There's also like tea and there's a water dispenser. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very well thought out. There's nice uh, pillows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, it's a good little hidden gem in the building, I would say. So, check it out if you're in the building.
1: Yeah. It was it was not all easy. Flowing, we, my, um, my roommate and um, friend, Livia. Um, we had to go through the ideation, the entire process, and the construction of it. And it was definitely um, a learning experience for sure. We went through so much, and and all these changes, and prices, and you know, stuff not being available, and making sure we were within budget. Um, you know. Stuff doesn't always work out as you plan it to. And you just have to roll with the punches kind of thing. And it was a really good learning experience. And yeah, I'm thankful that we got to do it. I'm thankful that we got chosen. Our design was liked. And um, we got to follow through with it. Yeah.
0: And what matters is that the end product has delivered. (laughs) And like you said, yeah, when you push through it, you get what you want.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: I think that's a, a good note to sort of end that I do have one final question for sure. you and that is what advice would you give to aspiring designers uh, that are either in school or they hope to go to school
1: I think something that I would say is don't try to be someone else or don't try to copy someone else's work and get in that way because yeah it, it might work for the first little bit but will you really be proud of yourself for doing that for for, you know doing something else or someone else's work rather than doing your own like wouldn't you want to be successful off of your own ideas off of your own skills um, off of what you do be yourself exactly be yourself that's another way to put it be authentic <laughs> be, yourself. be yourself yeah and I know it's it's cheesy and it's I think it's overused but I think that's the way to go. And that's how I try to lead.
0: It's overused because it's true. It's true. <laughs> good point. And um, yeah, we're good. All right. I mean, yeah. I think that's a good note to end at. Uh, I do want to finish at uh, with another quote. I started with a quote. I want to finish with another quote. And this is, again, said by another interior designer. Her name is Ilsa Crawford. She has... Um, she has a netflix special i think you should go check it out but uh uh she said it's about putting people first it's a very simple mission what interior designers do and we do it one space at a time one design at a time and i hope this episode has been an ode to all the interior designers out there and to highlight the importance of their role in our society because it's very underrated it's a very underrated form of art and uh, let's appreciate the beauty that they bring to our lives uh Thank you. Thank you, Lauren.
1: No, thank you. I had so much fun. (laughs) I'm glad
0: you did. That's the most important thing for me. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Catch you in the next one. Bye. Thank you for tuning into New Light Network. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can listen to New Light Network on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For more content, follow us on Instagram at New Light Net. And check out our YouTube for more clips and behind the scenes content. I'll catch you on the next one. This is Ani, signing off. Peace.